from the desk below. his affiliation with Infamous West. Shout out to my guy Big Twins right there. Without further introductions, man, this guy right here, man, oh my god, when I heard this guy's latest project, man, y'all gonna be surprised who I have on the phone. Without further introductions, I have XP the Mouse, man, on the phone. Yeah, yeah, what's good, what's good, man? How you doing, bro? Uh, we're doing good over here, sir. Like you said, how are you doing over there? Everything seems to be, you know, it's somewhat normal, but everyone's still on lockdown. Yeah, it's it's... It's a weird scene, dog. You know what I mean? Like you can't really, uh, can't really put your finger on it, bro. Like it's, you know, all new to everybody. So, you know, it's just, I guess, let's all work together, man, to get through the situation. You know what I mean? From here to, you know, overseas to wherever y'all at, man. Just cover your hands, wipe your hands, wash your ass, <laughs> and if you're sick. Stay your ass at home. Yeah, don't, don't be, be going outside. Trying to, yeah, you know, don't be trying to fucking link with your homie and smoke a blunt. You know what I'm saying? Chill your ass at home, my G. Straight yeah, jeez, we don't want that Rona spreading everywhere, man. Man, <laughs> come, that. man, coming from LA, man, I was curious. Did you grow up in LA, XP? Yes, sir. I'm a born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, you know, from a Mexican household. Okay. Um. You know what I mean, but I'm I'm a um, I'm a a product of hip hop. You know what I mean from just the word hip hop, like no underground, no commercial, no West Coast, no East Coast. I'm just a product of the culture, bro, and, and I'm a a culmination, and I'm a bastard child of the elite artist in this hip hop shit. So Ooh, I that's, like how you said that. that's what I. Mm -hmm. um, Straight up. Would you say too, like well, growing up in LA too? Because um, I like how you said this one time too. Because coming from in LA, when you're listening to East Coast artists, they used to envision yourself like you know walking through these blocks when you're listening to these artists too. Coming from the West Coast, you don't really hear much of like West Coast artists speak of um the East Coast like that. Like you might have hear like you know Bishop Lamont or like a Razkaz that go that route too. But when you actually rap, you can tell the influence it had at you at an early age too. So what I was curious now too, um, Rhymatics, was that your first start in rap? Yeah, well, you know, the Rhymatics, that's, uh, you know, my group, man. That's, you know, that's where I found my sound. That's where I found my voice, you know, was with my group. Um, we've been together, man, for, you know, I want to say, uh, 
almost 18 years. It's it's oh, wow. I can't even count anymore, man. But uh, we came together uh, early years of high school. You know, what I mean, uh, rhyming in the ciphers at lunch and um, nutrition and getting together, you know, after school, you know, to write tracks on a tape deck, you know, on a karaoke machine. That and real like, authentic sound for him. Yeah, bro. Like loop the beat, you know, like like actually loop the beat on the record and then record it into, you know, onto a tape and then play it off of the tape and then record it onto another tape through the karaoke machine. Like it was, it was crazy, man. Like what we did, man, you know, to, um, manifest you know what we're doing right now man and and it was just some young kids loving hip-hop getting together you know at school after school and making it uh you know a staple of having the culture in our lifestyle and then i guess from that whole thing it just grew into the rhymatics because i mean at first we were like i think a group of like 12 MC, I think it was like some, you know, like trying to be Wu-Tang shit, you know, with, with the 12 artists, you know, on that shit. But, you yeah. know, <laughs> little by little, you know, we started like opening up for, you know, the pay-to-play shows, you know, opening up for Dilated, opening up for Talib Kweli, like just, just a, a lot of ill underground artists. And this is like in the early... 2000s bro it's like 2002 2003 okay. you know what i mean like here in la like opening up at the knitting factory like that shit ain't even there anymore you know what i mean so um <laughs> just just real real like from the streets to the stage uh storyline bro you know what i mean like uh rhyming in the garage to having to sell 20 tickets at 20 bucks and you have eight members in the group but only three of us sold the tickets and then you kind of just really see who was like serious about that shit back then like who really wanted to do this shit and like early on like i said like um little responsibility acts of are you willing to invest in yourself are you willing to invest in your craft were happening upon the horizon at that time and you really got to see who was with that shit, you know what I mean, who was really with it, and like I said, it was like 12 MCs, and it like dwindled down to like 3 MCs, you know, yeah, because, 4 MC. Because you really you know see, I mean? when you really start to actually uh, pursue your passion, you actually see like, who's with it or not, like who really wants yeah, it. Yeah, for sure, like who, who's gonna sell tickets for $20, you know, and like, take it upon themselves to do that, you know, and, and we're young kids, bro, so it's it's hard to even get twenty dollars for you know a sack of wheat bro you know yeah. what i'm saying you gotta fucking hustle up some you know some cans and fucking do some shit like that bro to, to to get that kind of bread and let alone to get somebody to support a young kid that wants to rap like who's gonna give you twenty dollars to see their younger cousin or younger brother especially in the early rap? 2000s too yeah, it's just it was just really hard, man. Like and like I said, man, like I, I came up in an era, man, of, of hip hop where it where it was just really hard, bro, because we already had the Raz Cazes, we had the cycle realms, we had the dilated, we you know, we had these staple artists and you know, um it was either you know, that kind of stuff or 
it was the Project Blow shit, which is, you know, LA hip hop too. And it's like, um, me living in the Valley, you know, me and my group out of the Valley, which is, you know, uh, probably about an hour away from where LA hip hop is like supposedly at, uh, we didn't come up through that, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Project Blow is, is like a um, a collective of, of MCs out of L.A. And for a long while, that was the L.A. sound, you know what I mean? Like, that was the staple L.A. sound was the Project Blow. Um, and, like, notoriety-wise and clout-wise, you had to go through that outlet to become an L.A. MC. You know what I mean? But me and my group, we didn't have to do none of that because, you know, first of all, we don't rap like that. And oh, yeah. we weren't, even, you know, out of L.A., you know, like in the city city, like we're from the outskirts, which is like you know, they call us like, you know, the Valley Boys and shit like that, because even though we're like 45 minutes away, you know, it's, so it's like you're not L.A., you know, or, or whatever, whatever the case may be. But. You know, getting back to the Rhymatics, we fought, man, to, to have a name in L.A. hip-hop. We opened up for everybody, man, like, you know what I'm saying? And, and we did the pay-to-play. Um, Shout-out to my group, like, you know, all the members in it, Figment, Illward, I suppose. Um, you know, we just, we kept at it, man. And through that course of doing the group stuff, you know, it's hard to keep up with egos and, and what other people have on their priority list. And, um, you know, the group shit, it, it kind of slowly becomes on the back burner, you know what I mean? And you're just like, I got to do for self, you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. so, so we did that for the past 10 years, you know what I mean? Like the past 10 years, it's been strictly, um, solo shit you know what i mean because we did the group thing for about eight years you know opened up we did our first release did a lot of that shit and at the time like i said it was just hard man to really get put on you know so uh a lot of discouragement a lot of uh you know shit that happens in life that you can't really um have any like you know angle over so it just bleeds into the music where you can't record you can't perform so it's just a lot of shit happened man and i think now that 10 years has gone by we have a whole project bro like we you know we came together uh the past i think four months you know the beginning of the whole year and we we dedicated uh, two days out of the week to record a whole new project, man. So we got a whole new, like a whole new project, you know, just mixed and mastered, all original members, and um, it's going to be amazing, man. And I just, you know, I, I just, I'm blessed to have that as a foundation, you know, the group shit, because it taught me, you know, how to fight in the music industry and just, you know, have that relentless uh, drive of just, dropping shit because you know when you're in a group man like it's a lot easier man to write a song you know because you write a verse and then if you're on the hook then you write a hook and then the track is you know it's a rap you know it's it's real easy to have that fluidity of creating when it's in a group you know but now it's on a different thing where 
we're coming together as artists that did the group thing. We did the solo thing. Now we're coming back again. And it just, dude, it was like we never left. You know what I mean? It just fucking flew by, man. Like, and now we got, I think, like an 18-track uh album bro oh, so damn. <laughs> yeah it's just gonna be crazy man see i like how you brought that up too and like the rhymatics too and like how i were like the the new album but like it shows like you guys never lost your sound too if anything you guys only got better within time too because being with that group and opening up for people like krs1 um planet asia yeah. cormega slaughterhouse yeah. um pete rock the list goes on but and then also yeah. not to say that you guys didn't do the group thing because you guys did it for eight years but then you also want to go on to your own solo careers and tell your own stories on your own and that's why i like about yeah. your story too right because like it even shows like the growth throughout your time to where we are now now the first time you ever went overseas was that um the first yeah. time with rhyme addicts or did you go by yourself overseas the first time i went by myself man um, oh damn i went yeah, man, it was, but see, this is what happened, man, um, it was actually a tour for me and Twin, because, okay. um, so, like, a year prior, maybe two years prior, we linked with Twin, this is, this is, in the years of, of us, like, you know, opening up, and doing the dive bar shows, and we actually met Twin at a dive bar, bro, here in, uh, Pasadena, man, California, you know what I mean, like, like, we, it was just a random night, you know, the homie, I suppose, who's, in my group, he started to book our own shows. Like he started to reach out to venues and and put us on. So he would book other local artists and put us on as the headliner. So it was a really nice strategy at the time, which led him to create really big things with you know other artists, you know outside of us. But um, in the beginning, that's what we were doing. We we're doing like you know after the pay to play shit. It was like, okay, well, we could do this shit ourselves. So he he really put that into effect where we could be at these shows that were our shows and get the local MCs there and have, you know, them sell the tickets and shit, you know? So, it, it, you know, the tables turned a little bit, but it was more like, you know, on a local thing. And he would try to book a headlining act. And I think this, like, a, a particular day, he... Uh, he booked an artist from, I think, the Wu-Tang Killer Bees, or, you know, if, if I'm not mistaken. And I guess Twin was with him. So Twin happened to be at one of these little local shows, man. And, and I remember seeing Twin walk in, bro, and, and it was just crazy because I was like, you know, I was like, is that Twin? But, I, but in my head, I'm like, what the fuck would he be here for? <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's big twins. That's impossible. What the fuck is he doing? But it turned out to be twin, bro. And we performed and we killed it. He came up to us after the show. And I guess he was out here um, doing, out, uh, you know, working with Alchemist and, and, you know, living with Alchemist for, you know, a little bit and shit. So he was just like, yo, I'm out here. I'm going to have the free time. Let's link up. You know what I mean? And, and we were like, cool. So we exchanged the numbers and, and all that shit, man. And, and I let a week go by. I'm working at 9 to 5 and shit. And I hit him up on my lunch break. And basically, man, he was like, what's up right now? What are you doing right now? Let's work. And I'm like, fuck, I'm, at, I'm here at work. I'm like, okay, I'll hit you back right now. So I go, I go back into, you know, the job site. I go into the office. I talk to my manager. I'm like, look. 
I have an emergency. Like, you know, I got to get out of here. You know, it's, you know, something went down. She's like, is your work done? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, cool. So I'm like, cool. <laughs> so I took the rest of the day off, went to soup him up from Al's house. And then I brought him back to, you know, our studio. And then the rest is history, bro. Like, you know, from, from that day on, we kept working together. Like he would come through and then, it's a small LA hip hop scene, so he knew some other artists that we knew, and it was just small, bro. It was really small. Um, how it just really came into effect, and and that whole story leads up to the overseas shit, which was the tour that we got booked for at the time. Um, he didn't have the passport shit. Um, I, I forgot what I, I forgot. I think he had the passport, but it was expired. So at the time, he put it in, and I don't know. I guess the timing of us leaving and him, you know, getting the passport, it didn't pan out or some shit, bro. I, I don't really know what happened there, but I ended up touring by myself, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I had everything on me, bro. Like you know. All the merch, you know, merch bag, everything, and, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't know who I was gonna meet on the other end, and I just trusted hip hop that I would be okay. And I was, man. It was amazing. Okay, now was it now yeah. because I understand too. Like uh, you worked at the rescue mission too. Now I was curious. Now <laughs> your first time going overseas now too. Like was this before or after that you worked at the rescue mission? Now that was before, bro. Okay, that was before. Actually. Yeah, that was. That was before because, uh, you know, I was I was heavily doing hip hop. And then what happened was, man, I didn't have the presence, you know, you know, the online, you know, the YouTube. Oh, uh, yeah. Like the social. I didn't have that that whole presence. So when I got back to L.A., bro, I was a local MC still like I didn't travel the, the, you know, you know, I went to Italy, I went to fucking UK, I went to Switzerland, I went to France, I went to, uh, you know, Austria, oh, like wow. just, yeah, I went to, I went to these places and then I came back and I was a local MC, man. And I was, I was hoping, you know, within my career, something would change, you know, which would be, you know, the financial aspect, you know, maybe, you know, the features would, you know, start to pick up or like I would start getting booked for the festivals or the shows, but nothing really happened, man. Like, you know, um, I, I wouldn't blame anybody other, but, you know, other than myself. And I think it was because I wasn't really too hip to, you know, the social media shit. I mean, I had an Instagram and I had, but I, I didn't know how to utilize the algorithms and who to target and all this other shit. You know, it was just kind of like, you know, I, I did my thing, which is what, you know, I do now too. You know, I, I kind of hire people to do all that shit for me now because all I want to do is I want to create, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck about all that shit, bro, because as much as it matters, I don't give a fuck about it, but I know that it matters, so I got to get it done. So, you know. But you don't me, let it bro, affect the art, though, and it shows. No, no, I don't let it affect me, but I think, you know, that's what happened, bro, was that, you know, I got back and I didn't have that presence, so I was really forced to go back into the streets and um you know to feed my family and uh and get my situation 
Right. And unfortunately, through that process, I, you know, I caught a case and, you know, ended up, you know, in jail, you know, hired a lawyer. He didn't do shit. <laughs> and I, yeah. fucking, I became a felon and had three years of probation and 300 hours community service. Oh, and the fuck. community service is what led me into the mission. So... I was at the mission. I basically was on a time crunch because I let maybe like three months fucking go by or some shit where I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to get it done. I procrastinated. So what happened was I ended up timing it to the point where I had to put in eight hours a day for three months at the mission to complete the 300 hours. You know, I kind of let the time. And if I didn't complete any of of the things the court asked of me, I would have been locked up for three years oh, automatically because i took a deal you know um it was called a fucking i forgot what it's called it's called like a wobbler or some bullshit well, i have no but, idea what that is yeah it's it's a fucking it's a deal that that they offer people that that you know what i mean um don't have really crazy charges but it's a crazy charge and it was awesome shit you know what i mean where they were just like all right We'll give them the deal, and I took the deal, and, you know, through that process, though, I knew what I had to do. I was like, yo, I had to really cut a lot of, uh, you know, you know, the people that I associated with that I knew were fucking around, that I knew were on the streets, you know, doing shit, using drugs, doing crime, or whatever the fuck it may be, um, and focus on myself, you know, and get myself out of the ditch because I knew if I fucked up, that would have been the end of everything that I built. You know what I mean? I'm a father too, so, you know, that would have been, you know, the hardest thing, man, is to be away from my child out here, you know, in this world while I'm in there just wasting fucking time, bro. That was the last thing that I wanted to do, so I basically did what I had to do, man. Um, You know, I focused on myself. I got my mind, I got my body right, I got, uh, you know, just, just everything, everything that I needed to do for self to have a second win, you know what I mean? Because I felt like, you know, I went overseas, I, I did all this shit and everything, and now I'm locked in a cage, and now I'm trying, you know, to fight for my freedom, and it was all due to the choices that I had made, you know what I mean? And, and I, and I knew that. So I had to get myself out of it. And in order to do that, I had to do the physical work, the mental work, the work in the lab and just, just really do work, man. And, um, through that process, I completed everything. I was able to pay off my restitution fees. I was able to do a lot of those things. And then pretty much after completing the rescue mission hours, they offered me a job, you know, they're like, okay, well, we know you're leaving out of here. We, we, you know, we don't know if you have anything planned after this, but we'd really like to hire you on because you know the job. I mean, it, it wasn't hard, bro. I did pretty much sweeping, trash. I did the mopping. I heard you did a lot did of reading too. Yeah, bro. I, yeah, I did a lot of reading, bro. I, 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 I think it opened up you know, my mind to, you know, a business aspect, uh, as well. Cause, um, they donated a lot of books in there, bro. Like, you know, and I remember this one book, um, 
I, I totally forgot what it's called. How to be a millionaire? Um, it, you know what? I don't know if it was how to be a millionaire, but it was something of that sort. Okay. It was, it was about a man that grew up in, uh, around like the twenties and, um, he grew up in a poor Irish household, you know what I mean? Oh. Like on the East coast and you know, the parents are immigrants. He didn't have shit and he just really, he built, uh, a dynasty man off of just pure straight hard work bro like at first he worked in the coal mines and then from the coal mines he you know saved up he was able to buy you know a couple cars flip the cars next thing you know he has a fucking dealership next thing you know he has uh um you know a couple real estate projects happening next thing you know he owns half of fucking florida and all the retirees are like, you know, they're buying up all his properties. Like, he just really put shit into motion that he thought about, you know. And I think coming from the hood, coming from struggle and, and you know, the poverty shit, bro, like, they don't teach you that that there's more to what's around you, you know what I mean? Like, because all we know when you're from the hood is, like, we need to eat and we need to eat today, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and... That's it. We don't, we, like, if we could survive only for the day, we're cool. Like, you know, we don't give a fuck about if we could live for tomorrow because we're not, you know, we're not guaranteed today. So why, why in the fuck would we care about tomorrow if today is up against us? You know what I mean? What does tomorrow bring that today isn't going to bring? You know, so it's just, it's like, you know what I mean? It's really hard to trick the mind that comes from these struggles because that's all we know is that, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, um, it's like taking somebody out of a cave that's known in that cave all of its life, all their life. And when you take them to the sunlight, it takes a minute for the eyes to adjust to the sunlight. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, you know, so yeah, gee, I think, I think that whole rescue mission thing, you know, it brought me back to the reality of what and where I could be, you know, because I, I, I done traveled the world. I was, you know, um, accepted. I was, uh, appraised, um, put on a pedestal as you know, and then I come back home and it's like crickets, you know, like nobody's, you know, I hear like all these other artists are, Cracking, I'm like, you know, fuck, how do I do that? How do I get 100K views? How do I get all this shit? You know what I mean? And, and, and I didn't know anything, bro. I didn't know nothing. So what I didn't know was the hustle. I know the streets. So I know I, I could get my bread that way because I tried with music. I, I fucking, I put everything into it. But I, I feel I didn't, you know. As much as I feel that I did the most, now that I look at it, I didn't, you know, because obviously I went right back to the streets and I fucking did the shit that I was trying to get away from. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like everybody wants to get away from that lifestyle. They don't want to be stuck in that lifestyle, too. Um, are you a big believer in destiny? Oh, for sure, man. The reason why I ask that question is because, like, going through, like, the rescue mission and having, like, the, that awakening, too, like, I believe, like, that's, that was all planned for you to go through. Oh, for sure, bro. I, I think, um, 
you know, whatever higher power is up there. I'm not a religious dude, but I do believe in God. Okay, I was going to ask. Whatever he, she is, you know what I mean? Whatever he, she is, whatever it is, I do believe in the higher power that, you know, I do believe if you do good, you receive good. I do believe if, um, you know, you, um, you put effort into whatever you do, he will help see that through. You know what I mean? As long as it is, you know, a positive, you know what I mean? Um, in terms of myself, but I do feel, man, that, that, you know, the rescue mission did open my eyes, um, because it put me right back with the people that were addicted to drugs, you know, the people that had the mental illness, the people that were on alcohol, you know, and that were drinking because of internal pain. Like, like, dude, on my lunch break, I would sit and chill with straight bombs, man, you know, from, from all walks of life. And you get to hear stories of greatness, you know, of, of, a prime time in their life, you know, they're like speaking of this, of this, of this high point in their life. Yeah. You don't have my wife I had this. And then they just tell you some shit that just completely devastated them or they did to themselves, you know, and you kind of just see, see yourself like, dude, I'm not too far away from that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm not any fucking better than these, you know, these individuals right here that I'm sitting around. The only thing that I have is, is, Maybe a little bit cooler clothing, a household, and I smell a little bit better. That's about it. Um, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we're all humans. I'm, bro, we're all human, and, and we could all lose our shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There could be a devastating, you know, and God forbid, you know what I'm saying? There could be something devastating that happens to us, and, and there's no way for us to get back but use drugs and that's what happens in any household i don't give a fuck if you're rich or you're poor yeah. you know what i mean and and that's just real life shit bro it is. That's and, and that's the shit I, yeah bro and 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 you know and being there i would i would sit chill with them you know and and obviously it is a rescue mission but it was also a thrift shop so any of the donations that we would receive we would look through it get the good stuff and put it on the shelves. And there will be times where obviously it is a business and, you know, I'm only there, you know, for a certain job, you know what I mean? And, um, and basically dude, I would have to be a security guard. I would have to be this, uh, you know, play all these, you know, different roles, which, you know, I didn't mind. But one thing that I really enjoyed was, helping and hooking everybody up like on some free shit like you know like to me in my heart I felt like there's no reason why these people that were helping should come in here and have to pay for shit that is basically for them yeah you know donated I mean? basically, yeah and and but I completely understood the whole aspect of to keep everything moving and of course we had to generate income but dude it was shit that that people need bro this is underwear this is socks this is fucking pants this is sweaters this is blankets in the cold this is shit that is necessity to a person's well-being on the streets or not bro you know what i mean yeah. so i felt i felt that it was my duty to let them get whatever the fuck they wanted bro and, and not me not say nothing so there will be times where you know people you know 
certain employees or whatever would tell me, hey, man, make sure you watch that guy or, you know, you do this, do that. I just, but, dude, I, I would go over there and I see him do his thing. I'm like, hey, homie, get your shit and you're all good, homie. You know what I mean? I ain't say shit. Just hurry up, hurry up, get what you need for it. And if you need anything, I'll take it to the back for you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you need shampoo, because we had all, bro, we would have millionaires roll through there and donate tons of shit, bro. Tons of shit, and I saw shit, you know what I mean, that, that wasn't really cool in my eyes, but it isn't up to me to say certain shit, Yeah. but it was up to me to help the people, and that's what I did, and that's all there was to it, you know what I mean? Well, you're a real one for that one. And, and shout out to my girl, because she would put two lunches inside my bag, and like... You know, knowing that I was going to be there, that I could hook a person up. And, dude, every time I wouldn't even eat my lunch, I would just, you know, hook people up with it because they needed it more than me, bro. You know what I mean? I knew that after I was, you know, out of here, I was, I could eat. I could drink. I could shower. I could do all that shit. They couldn't. So I, I didn't care about that, bro. I didn't. Money to me and shit like that, man, of course. Not having it as a kid and getting it, not knowing what to do with it, you teach yourself, you know what I mean? Now I'm at a phase in my life where, you know, if, if, if I can help others, I'm helping myself, dog, you know what I mean, all day. And that's just it. And if, I, I feel like if everybody else went through life that way, like, yo, if, if I can help him, I'm helping myself, this fucking world would be a whole fucking better place, bro, you know what I mean? Oh, yes, sir. Now, being from L.A. too, now, I was curious now, too, um, you once said uh, Liquid Swords led you to the under- <laughs> underground, too. Um, I was curious now, too, who put you on to Liquid Swords? Man, you know what? Shout out to my homie uh, Jesse Bautista, um, one of my childhood homeboys that um, I grew up with. Um, he basically... I remember going to his crib, and it was around the time where, like, we started smoking bud and, like, just chilling, you know, ditching school and, you know, doing the graffiti thing. And, and Is that the first time you smoked weed over there, too? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're young. We're, like, in middle school, man. I think I was, like, about I think I was like 12 or 13 or some shit, man. Oh, okay. okay. And, uh, yeah, and, and it was it was crazy because the, the once... I heard the intro song, you know, uh, it was just crazy, man. When she's like, when I was little, my father was famous. When I started listening, I was like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, tuning in. And, bro, after that, bro, it was it was just a rap. Like, it was a complete, complete rap. You know what I mean? Um, I was just fully engulfed in the instrumentation, the bars, the uh, just the, just the, crazy movie clips and see it was it was a movie to me man it was it oh, was yeah. Uh, oh, it was a magical like escape you know and i think that's what tuned me into just real raw lyricism because you know before then i would hit up the blockbuster music and i would buy ready to die and i would get all eyes on me and i would get mace and i would get you know, Bone Thugs and Harmony, I would get West Side Connection, I would get, um, you know, Big Pun, and then, you know, so I, I was just, it was around 
time, growing up in that time when being introduced to liquid swords as well, where I kind of knew where, like, or what kind of hip-hop I gravitated towards because I didn't really know underground or just, hip, you know, hip-hop. I just knew, you know, just, just, just hip-hop. And I think the transitioning, you know, for me was Liquid Swords for the underground because it kind of just it delved into the whole core of raw. You know, I guess the raw was the thing that I, I would hear in certain artists, I guess, like in a maze or like in a biggie or like him, but I didn't I never heard it in that kind of ninja form, you know what I mean? Like it, it it had a form now. It was like a ninja, you know what I mean? Like before, when you hear it raw, you don't, you can't really apply anything to it. But oh, that shit's sick. That's that's some ill skill. That's some you know, that's some real raw shit. But I guess hearing it with swords, it kind of formed the raw shit for me. And then what I saw was like ninja stealth technique. Years of trying, practicing. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, on some warrior Bruce Lee shit, bro. Like you know a shadow mean? box. And like, you can actually visualize yeah, that. You practice the technique to become the ultimate fucking form. You know what I mean? And, I, and once, I heard that, once I heard that, that's what I wanted to become. That's what I wanted to hear out of hip-hop my whole life was, was that raw shit, bro. Like, that. That shit that when you hear the beat and then you hear the MC go, yeah, yeah, like that, and you fucking chill, you can chill, like, it's that shit, you know what I mean? So, carrying that energy uh, from the Liquid Swords into everything else, and then I guess, you know, Liquid Swords, and Mop Deep too, as well, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, like I said, Mop Deep's on a whole another aspect of... Oh, yeah, of underground. Like, that's international underground, like to say. You know what I mean? But 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 like I said, I guess Wu-Tang, they gave it a form and they gave it a face and they gave it a a body, you know what I mean? Like um I don't know, like like I can't really say other groups and other artists were able to do that, you know what I mean? Um Or you just cutting out again. Oh yeah, no, I, I said um I, I wasn't too sure if uh other other artists and other groups were, you know, able to hit, hit it on the nail like that, you know? Okay. <clears throat> now, um, I should have asked you this, like, in the beginning of the interview, but I totally forgot now, too. Um, for the people who, like, are just finding you, too, because, like I said, I found you through the infamous uh, West uh, affiliation. Um, I was curious, what does XP to Marksman stands for, sir? Word, word, man. Well, um, in the beginning, I was Express, which is, you know, easy, like MC Express, Express Yourself, you know. Um, I used that throughout uh, high school, um, a couple years in, you know, and um, one of my childhood friends, you know, it was, it was actually my neighbor, um, used to call me XP. You know, he, he, he was like, it was almost on some insight. She was the only one. You know, he was the only one that they used to call me that. And uh, unfortunately, I went to Mexico one weekend, and uh, this was during that whole shit with like the car. 
cartels and shit like that. Oh, and all the mass shootings when they were shooting a tourist down yeah, there. Yeah, they had their snatching, and unfortunately, he was a victim of uh, a kidnapping. And uh, they called his mom asking for half a million dollars for him and his older sister because it was him and his older sister. He had went out there to visit his older sister who was living there. And um, I don't know what they were affiliated with, who they were with or whatnot, but they caught wind that they were from America and kidnapped him, held him for ransom. The mom answered the phone. Unfortunately, she thought it was a joke and we've never heard from them ever again. So, in memory, I keep XP as uh, my name in his memory. So that's pretty much where that stems from. And then the marksman, I guess, just slowly attached itself because everything that I'm shooting, everything that I'm aiming towards, I'm going to hit that shit right on the fucking mark. You know what I mean? So that shit just slowly attached itself to the XP. So, you know, I guess, I guess, man, you know, it has, it has a lot more to do with it because, um, I don't know what happened to my friend, you know what I mean? But I guess through it all, he knew I was going to do great things with the music. Like whenever I had like a new track or like had some new shit, I played it for him first and he would tell me straight up the truth, like, nah, that's not it. You know what? That's hot. Like, yeah, that's dope. Like, you know, and then he really knew hip hop as well too. He was a huge, you know, a, a Mob Deep fan, like truly, you know, as, and, and as much as he was a Mexican on the West Coast, grew up through the whole East Coast and West Coast feud, you know, huge Tupac fan as well, dude, he loved Mob Deep, and like, it's just crazy how being affiliated with IM3, um, I met Prodigy one time, rest in peace, man, I, I, I wanted to create some really crazy things with P, um, you know, just, you know, just as a kid, you know, as a fan, and just linking with twin and shit like in my head i'm like man one day i'm gonna get a track with p like i like i just i know it you know and uh it just it just you know unfortunately man it just shit happens in the ways that they do you know and and rest in peace to the both of those dudes man because they you know they played a vital source of inspiration to who i am today even though they're not here today so Rest in peace, man. It even shows, like, how, like, Prodigy, like, or, like, even Mob Deep in general, like, influence you, too. Because, like, when I hear, like, Keep Firing, too, like, I hear, like, <clears throat> lyrics like, Fuck a Grammy, just give me a multi-family, 100 units, same date, 100 Judas, Ju- uh, Ju- 100 to Judas, neighbors never see my face like I'm home improvement. Like, that's something Prodigy would say. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Now, um, when you were uh, crafting your project too, like, because like you said, like the underground plays a huge influence on you too. Um, how how hard was it like to stay to your sound too? Because I'm pretty sure you p- had people in here. Oh, you should do this trap sound. Or oh, you should do this different sound too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I can't front. I do have a project out there that people can hear. That that I mean, I wouldn't say that it's totally trap. I just the beats are really spacey 
You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, there's there's a lot of hi hats on there. You know, kind of hi hatty. Um, but um, I guess, dude, at that time it was hard. It was hard because you know we came up hard on that on that on that you know hardcore shit. And there was a little bit of a window where there was a little bit of support. You know, um, the crazy thing was that we actually opened up for rock. Marcy's first show here in LA, like we, we opened up for him. And, and I remember I was a fan the first time I ever heard him. So when I knew he was coming out to perform, that was a show that, and this was like a couple years after we were already throwing our own shows. This was, you know, and I heard he was called like, dude, I'm going to sell tickets for that show. Like, I don't give a fuck who's putting that show together. I'm, I'm opening up for this. So we did. We sold tickets for that show. And we had, and, and as a matter of fact, my dude, I suppose, has an interview with Rock, and he looks he looks young, bro. He's, he's like, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. Like it's coming full circle right now. Like it's just really, really, yeah, it is. It is, man. It is. It, it, it really is, man. Because um, like even like the story about your friend too, man. Like because I believe like like when somebody passes on too, like and if they really do like believed in you. They will do something up there to make all this come to come together. I like to say, I don't, I don't know if there's a God or a Jesus up there, no, but there's something up there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's a divine uh, power. Yeah, and presence in, in everything that I feel is, you know, a righteousness. You know what I mean? Like, um, as much as you know, I speak about issues in my songs about. Murder, drugs, you know, and violence. I mean, I'm only, I'm only a beacon for what I seen and yeah. what I, you know, what I've been through. You know what I mean? And, and I feel that I have a story that I want to be told because right now I feel like I'm up against a lot of the East Coast artists, which is perfectly okay. You know what I mean? But in the genre that I'm trying to attack right now. I feel that I am one of the only, if not only, the voice out here on the West Coast that's trying, you know, to tell, you know, our story, man, you know, but through that genre, yeah, through that, you know, outlet, you know what I mean? Because, um, man, like, you know, the black and brown shit out here in, in L.A. isn't like it is out there on the East Coast, bro. Oh, it's you know totally I mean? like, different. A lot of, of, of issues, you know, there, there is. There's a lot of racial issues, a lot of, you know, gang issues and shit like that. So um, I think it's a little bit harder dog, for me to be accepted, you know what I mean? Coming from the West Coast and me being a Mexican artist, you know, and me not, you know, kicking what they're usually used to. So I think there is a little bit of a shock value to that. There is a little bit of, a, uh, you know story that needs to be told that that isn't being told that needs to be told and that is gonna be told because at the end of the day when you know i'm done they're gonna know about la hip-hop in a whole new way because like i said like i'm trying to change the landscape of of what la artists can do and i'm honestly i ain't the only one out here man there's so many ill-ass underground la artists that just haven't got that Rock Marcy beat, you know, to yeah, that got exposure. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't got that. That that you know, they're you 
know, they just don't have the means to, you know, invest in anything like that. So I think taking that step, doing this album, um, and uh, keeping it raw and keeping it all, you know, throughout the years and, and all that shit, I think now it's really starting to pay off because, I mean, real talk, there's a lot of Latino hardcore artists like myself out here on the west coast but there was a time where the heart where the you know the real raw underground shit wasn't there was you know there was no shows for it people weren't fucking they weren't trying to buy it they weren't trying to hear it you know so yeah a lot of them a lot of them switched over to the latino hip-hop you know subculture rap which is which is you know which is cool too you know I won't knock that either, but that is, you know, to me, I felt that was an easy way for them to transition into getting the likes and getting the views, you know, um, and getting the support of the Latino community, which is a huge community out here. So you'll see, you know, a million views on, on, on an artist that's only known out here on the West Coast. And it's like, I don't get that love, which is cool, but I want to be something that is global, you know what I mean? Because I know there won't be a lot of people on the East Coast listening to the West Coast Latino hip-hop rap shit, you know what I mean? Maybe a little bit, but they're going to be Latino people living on the East Coast. It's not going to be, you know... I don't see a Pete Rock listening to one of these uh, L.A. Hispanic, you know you know, rappers, bro. And, and, and I guess seeing that I needed, I guess seeing that whole window, I needed to open it and I needed to go through that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that's, um, that's what, would you say it's like creating like a, like creating a path too, because that's like what you said too. You're trying to put this like in a whole different perspective too. Like even like your songs on like, no idea and get paid too. That was like that took me to like. Oh, I had to keep telling myself. I'm like, he's from the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 man. That's and I think that's what I want to do, man. I, I, I want to put the West Coast back in what's hot right now because obviously it was the South, you know, with trap. And, yeah. And now it's the East Coast with like you know the Griseldas and shit. You know what I mean? And, and all the rappers from Buffalo and, 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 you know, out there. So it's like, who do we have, you know, to, you know, to, to, you know, to hold us up. And, and I feel like now's my chance, man, to really strike while the iron's hot and just keep fucking firing on these fools because, you know, I could keep up with the best of them, homie. And the way I feel is that coming from the West Coast, um, honestly, right now at this point, I'm waiting for DJ Bugs to hit me. Oh, he will. After hearing this, I wouldn't be surprised if he will. Like, 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 where's these West Coast, you know, pioneers, like, looking out for, um, you know, the West Coast rising artists? But it's cool, man, because because it's all love with them dudes. They don't owe us anything. They don't owe anybody nothing, man. They work their way up to be at a position that they're at. Oh, yeah. But, um, but it's always a blessing think- when they do come down and be like, and acknowledge it. Oh yeah, for sure, man. And, and I, I feel that um, you know there will be a point where I do do something with Al. I do do something with Mugs, and it'll it'll all be in you know the proper timing, man. You know because of 
the last thing I want to do is be tugging at at, at motherfuckers' uh, shirts and shit, you know, and be like, hey, man, you know, what's up, man? You know, yeah, like, yeah. Nah. like, you don't want to be, like, always bothering them. It's nah, like, yo, man, I'm trying to do nah, this, this, this. You want it to come organically. Nah, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm working, and I love those guys because without those guys, I I wouldn't be here, you know. I'm, I'm a fucking, you know... Uh, you know, I'm a product of the DJ Muggs, you know. I mean, obviously, there's only one of them, but like I said, like, I'm a product of these, you know, pioneers, you know what I mean? And um, to be able to do a project with Rock and him, you know, believe in me and be proud of the project, you know, I feel that. I could check off one of the things, you know, on my bucket list, man, because, you know, he's one of my, you know, he's one of my top five, man. So it's like, you know, it's like the teacher giving the fucking student the lessons, uh, you know, like, hey, man, you know, you got an A on your exam, my G. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how I feel, dude. Like, well, like, even like that, too, like, I like how you put that, too, like, you got to work with, like, I like to, because um, this rock does not work with just anybody right now, too, like, my only complaint about the project is, I wish it was longer, because, man, when I got to season Z, Eden, I was like, yo, run that back again. So, 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 so when we're like coming together for like rock Marciano too, because like you, you literally worked with the Frank Sinatra of the underground because his beats are yeah. something else. And especially like when I hear like you're melodic on get paid, I was like, Oh, when you, when you said you got that A plus, yo, you definitely did get that A plus. <laughs> but, but like, but like with that too, like even coming together with that too, like I'm pretty sure like, like. This had to like this came organically too because this isn't the first time you worked with Rock. You worked with him before this too. So so as a from a fan's perspective, like how did this come together too? Like I heard like you just had the courage one day just to ask him for a couple of beats. Dude, that's basically it, bro. And 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 one thing I'm gonna let everybody know: Rock don't work for free. Like oh yeah yeah, let's get that straight. Yeah, he don't work for free. Like just because you nice, don't mean don't mean he don't that work buddy, for free. Buddy shit. Nah, well, I mean, I mean, I can't speak for for anything that he does with anybody else. Okay, but you know, plus honestly, man, the way the way I felt giving that man any type of bread for any kind of work he does, I was just only investing in myself, homie. You know oh, what I mean? Well, that's a big fact. So, 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 just to have him, you know. After the video shoot and shit like that, and, and, you know, I shot my shot. I was like, hey, man, like, it's cool if I pick up some beats and shit. He's like, yeah, yeah, just shoot through. So I went through. I picked up the first two, which were uh, I'm Trying to Get Paid and um, um, let me see, it was uh, I'm Trying to Get Paid and uh, No Idea. Okay. Track three those and four. Are the first, yeah, those are the first two. And I remember, that, you know, uh, I told Rock, you know, because... I went to his house, we sat there, he played me like, I think it was like four beats, and out of the four, I chose those two, and I was like, hey man, like, you know, I'm gonna drop the bread for these two, I'll come back, you know, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll do these two, I'll come back, I'll get some more, and then boom, we'll just we'll keep it moving, and basically, man, I was gonna wait, marinate on, on the beat, let it, you know, let it fucking you know, just vibe and shit, but nah, man, I came home and I got straight to work, I wrote that shit the same night, 
Oh damn. Got attracted to the thing, bro. Yeah, yeah. It was it was that serious. Like I was like fully, fully uh, prepared. Fully engaged. Yeah, fully engaged. And you know, I do have a home studio as well. So it's like you know, anything that I get, I receive. I just if, if I'm in the moment, I, if I want to write to him, I'm, I'm there. Oh, and that's the best time too when you get into those spurs. Yeah. I like to call. Yeah, bro. So. I was in Boston, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. Doing some work out there, and I linked with Terminology, which is on that track, you know what I mean? Which is on... Um, who Shot Ghost. Yeah, Who Shot Ghost, and pretty much, bro, he is a friend of a friend, and one of my boys, shout out to John, you know what I'm saying, my bro, bro, and my big meal right there, he fucking knows this dude since a childhood, you know what I mean, since, since children. And um, my homie John had been telling Term about me for a long while, I guess. He was like, yo, man, my man, X, you gotta check him out. Like, you know, I guess Term never really did, you know, because how many people rap that they're your homie? You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> my man like, raps you know, over here. Raps. Hey, dog, you gotta check him out, dog. Like, my homie <laughs> rap. So it's kind of like, eh. Much love to Term, though, man. Man, that I'm that clap. supportive of, of, of the project, of, of everything, man. And, and it was crazy because I was over there in Boston and uh, the homie was able to get the feature from Turn for Hella Chief. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's awesome homie shit. You know what I mean? Hella looked out for me. And I figured, look, I got, you know, I'm going to come out with, with this EP. Let me hit up Rock. So I was in Boston and I hit up Rock with Rock. Uh, the interlude for Keep Firing. Was that rock or was that your idea? Well, that's a beat that I produced right there. Um, I also make beats too, man, like low, low key, you know what I mean? So that was a beat that I made and um, I have a real, uh, you know, a relationship with homies out in Italy when I was out there, you know, for the tour, you know, the first time. Oh, so that's why they're they're speaking in in Italian. Like, uh, kind of like 
we're about to go to war feel like Ooh. are y'all ready you know what I mean oh I didn't mean to cut you off I was just agreeing with you no yeah 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 man so but yeah man so that's pretty much how everything and then honestly um Rock was gonna shoot me a skit as well you know what I mean but dude the corona shit really fucked a lot of shit up man you know um we were gonna do like you know some promo shit too for it, but it just you know the corona kind of messed things up, man. And then, you know, um, rock's hella busy, you know what I mean. So I, I wasn't trying to bug anybody, man. You know, so I was like, fuck it, you know. He said he was gonna do it. He didn't do it. It's alright. I don't give a fuck. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. And we're gonna make it work, you know. And we did, bro. We did, you know. So, um, I wish it would have been a little longer too. I tell you that. You okay. Know? At least we both uh, agree on that, okay? But but the, but the yeah, finished project is wonderful, yeah. though. Yeah, I wish, but you know, I kind of feel like when you do teasers like that, you it it kind of makes the you know the fans and and the people that support this shit you know want a little bit more, you know? Yeah. but but it also builds the anticipation though because like you're one of those artists what I like to say like we don't know what you're gonna do next cause you kinda you came out of left field of this one yeah well I mean shit I got I got another crazy one bro that I'm about to drop too oh shit okay okay you don't gotta you don't gotta say here I like the element of surprise (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure man I mean we're a few tracks into it man you know but uh it's uh it's gonna be Another childhood uh, legendary, you know, artist, man, and and I feel that, uh, you know, what I mean that 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 working with this dude is definitely gonna do something for LA, you know. Okay. He's from LA, so you know, shit is gonna be dope, bro. Like it's 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 gonna be real underground shit, you know what I mean? Or oh, that West Coast, and I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's 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 gonna have like a little bit more of like. A West Coasty, you know, bounce to it. So a little bit different from you know the East Coast, a uh, boom bapish, you know, shit that that you know I'm used to doing, man. So um, just really trying to you know take a new a new approach to it. But yeah, man, we got some crazy shit, bro. And then we got the rhymatic shit. I'm I'm gonna drop another EP with Slide Beats. I don't know if you you uh, yes, you heard that one. Though. But uh, yeah, I got one with the. Uh, I got, yeah, yeah. I, that one's pretty much a rap too. So I, I got some stuff, man. I, I, I'm always working, dog, and it's crazy because even when I'm not doing shit, like during the quarantine and shit, like I look in all my folders and I have so much music, bro. I'm like, fuck, dog. I, just <laughs> like, so I gotta go fuck. through this, man. See what I want to put out. I, dude, I, I, I constantly, constantly work, and you know what, man? I think that's what also. It set me apart from a lot of, you know, the local artists and, and you know, the work ethic, you know, the work ethic, bro, was, was just, you know, has to be always, you know, I'm always releasing this, doing a video, doing promo, doing that. Like, I'm, I'm always going to be doing some shit, man, whether, you know, I start, you know, doing production for other people, too. Like, what, whatever it is, just expect it because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing that shit, man, you know what I mean? 
Yes, sir. Man, I won't take up much of your time, XP, because uh, man, we got into a lot with this. Oh, I got two more questions for you, and I'll let you go. When, uh, uh, no worries, man. When you were putting together um, your latest project, too, like one of the things that grabbed me, and you, the way that you said you wanted to give it that war feeling was like, like, and then I see the cover of all those big-ass bullets. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I was like, yo, I got to check this out. Like, even before I heard the music on that project, I was like, that cover made me want to check it out alone. I'm like, this got to be some crazy shit. Yeah, well, yeah, well, pretty much the cover, it came from the title. And pretty much the title came from, you know, Rock. Uh, we're, you know, having a conversation you know, after I bought the beats and shit like that, and then I gave him, you know, a couple of, you know, my concerns, man, you know, just about my career, I was like, man, you know, I just, I just been here, dog, just been trying to do everything, anything, you know, that I can, you know, make this shit work, bro, because it's just, I don't know what to do, he's like, you know what, man, just keep firing, bro, just keep hitting the bass, he's like, he's like, just, that's it, like, there's no other choice but to do that, just, just keep firing, and I remember that, those key words, stuck in my head, you know what I mean, so going into the project, I was like, I just dropped that, I dropped that, I dropped that, okay, well, I'm gonna drop this, it's like, dude, I'm just gonna keep fucking firing, like, it's just, <laughs> bro, and it's crazy, because I just, I just went, and I think it was like Google, and I just typed in, like, I forgot what it was, dude, like, fucking, um, expelled shell cases, or something like that, you know what I mean, something cartridges or something and, and I saw those pictures I was like because there's a few of them but there, there's this whole like area that just looks covered in shell cases that they're just like you know it's from World War One and shit and it's some crazy shit you know what I mean so um I just kind of use that as signifying all you know the shell casings on the floor are my attempts to keep firing, and then the one that's that he's holding in his hand, you know, the ammo that he's holding in his hand, that's the next clip that he's gonna put into there, you know, because he's gonna keep fucking firing. Oh, see, this is why I love when artists do interviews now because that gives me a whole new appreciation for it too. Because I would, I'm over here thinking like. This guy's just, like, searching to something, dude. But I never noticed, like, he's holding that and all the other ones. And the way that you described that, too, is all your other attempts and that one he's holding in yeah. this project. That's the... It's just like, yo, that's crazy. You really thought that. That was yeah, good. So that's, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much the meaning behind this is, you know, just keep firing, you know, no matter how long it takes, you know. Because it's that one that you're holding that if, you know, whether it be a million fucking shell casings on the floor but you still got a little bit left in you to pop in that shit keep, keep fucking shooting man because it's gonna be that one that's gonna hit the target man you know what I mean oh yeah that's a big fact right there um, but yeah man and it was inspired by rock as well you know so it, it, it really it really came together well man you know what I mean Art, and then also artwork is done by my dude Orlando out of Italia so he you know he's he's a really good Archie, dude, um, I met him while I was out there, uh, you know, when I was in Lecce, Italia, and he was a really good dude, we hit it off and shit, and then I came back, and he, he kept in touch through the IG, he's done some artwork for me uh, earlier on, but this this recent one, um, I was like, hey man, you should, you should really work, and, and 
we're working together now. So he's he's doing all the you know the promo shit and, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so he kind of really you know he brought it out. You know what I mean? So he made it work too as well. Like they say, great minds think alike. Yeah, exactly. Especially on that one, man. Oh yeah. And shout out to my dude, the Bootstrap, who uh, you know he helps me out with you know the website, helps me out with uh, you know uploading the album to you know all the platforms. Because honestly, I don't know shit about shit, bro. So it's okay, you and me both. We're on the same boat. <laughs> yeah, he helped me Okay. Shout out to my my whole team, man, from all around the world. You know what I mean. All right. Now, um, one of the questions that I always ask all my guests is um, it's because, like, no one ever can answer this question again. I ask this question to, like, Black Moon, Planet Asia, uh, MC Shan, Master Ace, Crooked Eye, the list goes on. But, like, I like to hear different aspects of the world when they answer this question because no individual can ever answer this question the same. So with that being said, do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light? place yes sir because there could be somebody who really looks up to you and like sometimes like all it takes is that little bit of motivation because like before this podcast i when i used to like just listen to interviews if that one artist would say something inspirational i was like whoa that part really got me through the day so there could be somebody who really looks up to you and they really need to hear that so i was just curious if you had any words for them uh man um no matter where you're at in life you know just know that whether it's good or it's bad, it's only a moment in time. So um, whether you indulge in that moment or you want that moment to pass, it's only a moment. So make sure you grasp onto that, you know, the feeling of it and chase that because you can always have that feeling, you know, of, of feeling inspired um, and feeling, uh, you know, like great you know, uh, about yourself, about your situation, because we all know that we could, uh, culminate all the bad shit that's going on in, you know, our lives. So if you can just live in that moment and just know that it's only for a moment and grasp whatever you can from that moment, um, make sure that, you know, you know, that it's, it's always going to pass. So if you're in a dark place, you know, it's only for the moment and the lights just right around the corner, you know, and when you get to that light, that'll be for a moment as well. So you bask in that shit, you indulge in that shit. And remember that life is experiences, you know, it's segments of choices that we make to lead us into where we're at in the present. So make good choices and uh, don't use drugs, kids. Drugs are bad, and uh, use alcohol moderately, smoke some trees if you need to relax, and uh, always know, no matter where you come from on this planet, that you can achieve greatness as long as you work hard towards it. Ooh, that was a phenomenal answer, XP, and I really hope one of your fans really take that consideration and get them through the day. That was phenomenal. That's what's up, brother. I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate your time, too, XP. Is there anything that you like the people to know before I let you go, Ken? Um, yeah, man. Um, check out all the music. You know, you can really do your history if you just Google XP the Marksman. 
Ryan Maddox. I got albums from uh, 2002 to you know to now. So, do don't worry, history. people. He's on Tidal and Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Well, the past couple years, I'm I'm, I'm an old school artist, man. I come from the era of slinging albums out of the trunk. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. At the local, you know, at the that real grind life. Yeah, before the YouTube, before all that. But look, <laughs> shout out to all the support, man. All the old support, the new support. Uh, we're just going to keep on firing. And uh, I appreciate, you know, all the all the energy, all the good words, all the um, inspiration that I receive from the streets, from all the people that are supporting. Um, just keep doing what you love, man, because one day you're going to reach – a point where you look back and be like, damn, I did what I loved and now I'm here, you know what I mean? And that's all I, I can really say. Hard work and determination, man. Keep the gloves on, keep the you know the mask on your face, wash your hands, wash your ass. This is XP the Marksman, and I am out of this motherfucker, man. <laughs> <laughs>